This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, July 29th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. Rand Paul would like to see the federal government respect the authority of states that have legalized cannabis for medical purposes. Cato Vice President for Legal Affairs Roger Pilon would go one further. He'd like to see the feds recognize that the federal drug war has no sound footing in the Constitution at all. President Obama made sort of a big deal out of the idea that he would not be uh, having the federal police enforce uh, marijuana laws, federal marijuana laws in states that had approved uh, medical marijuana and then spent several years going back on that uh, and in some ways more vigorously enforcing those laws. That's right. And it has raised, along with other things that he has done, the question whether he, he is violating his constitutional duty to see that the laws be faithfully executed, a charge that has come from both libertarians and conservatives recently, especially with respect to Obamacare. This is just one more example of that problem. But it's much more complicated than that. And it's been addressed uh, recently, or is being addressed, by a measure that uh, Senator Rand Paul has introduced that would uh, allow people who sell, use, uh, doctors who were involved in uh, the the, uh, commercial uh, sale of marijuana for especially medical purposes in now some 33 states, apparently, Uh, to be immune from um, prosecution. And uh, one can be sympathetic to that, but it does raise very interesting federalism issues that I'd be glad to go into. The um, place to start is probably with the idea that um, criminal law is, uh, under our system, primarily a state function. Murder, rape, and robbery are prosecuted for the most part by by the states because... uh, There is no federal criminal police power uh, of a general sort that belongs to the states. And so the first question that arises is how is it the federal government gets involved in this at all? Well, it turns out that the drug laws are passed under the Commerce Clause, not under any federal power to prosecute crime. That raises real problems in itself because the Commerce Clause was designed to ensure the free flow of commerce among the states. And what this does is prohibit the free flow of commerce among the states with respect to marijuana, which is done for morals reasons, uh, not because uh, the use of marijuana um, violates anyone's rights. And so we're not dealing here with a crime for which there are victims. We're dealing here with classic victimless crimes. And I throw a caveat on here uh, that uh, I'm speaking only about the use of marijuana or perhaps other drugs where there are no serious implications for the risk of other people. Now, let's get back to the federalism issues because those are the uh, ones that are most interesting. With the passage of the Civil War Amendments, and in particular the 14th Amendment in 1868, you had a protection against uh, state violations of your rights. And what this meant in particular was that if states enacted laws 
that abridged your privileges or immunities or denied you the equal protection of the laws or, in general, abridged your uh, otherwise legitimate liberty, then you could go into federal court to bring a suit against your state. Moreover, in Section 5 of the 14th Amendment, Congress could pass statutes to protect you. So now bring this to the war on drugs, and what you've got is this. First of all, as a matter of first principles, there is no federal power to enact the war on drugs or the, uh, in its various iterations because the Commerce Clause is not designed as a general police power. Secondly, there is no power among states, if we're going to take the 14th Amendment, Section 1, seriously, to prohibit you from doing what is otherwise not wrongful because it doesn't violate the rights of other people. I'm talking here about everything from entering into wage and hour contracts, the Lochner decision, all the way up to uh, the use and sale of contraceptives, the Griswold decision, to um, sexual acts between consenting adults, namely the Lawrence v. Texas decision, which prohibited states from criminalizing uh, uh, sodomy among uh, homosexual parties. And so if you're dealing with something where there is no victim, namely my selling you marijuana, you're using marijuana, then what is the ground even for a state to, uh, pr pr to uh, prosecute you for that? Well, if that's the case, then there is a ground, this is, will, will be shocking to a number of people, for the federal government to prohibit the states from doing this. In other words, Section 5 of the 14th Amendment allows the states, allows the Congress, rather, to uh, prohibit, to pass legislation prohibiting states from violating your rights. And so that is the first principles approach to these issues under the 14th Amendment. It's not the approach that we have today, of course. Today, uh, the situation we have with several states that have made legal medical marijuana uh, and two states now that have made uh, recreational marijuana legal, if you are charged by the federal government there, you may not use the state law permission as a defense in any way, shape, or form. It sort of turns the 14th Amendment on its head. Absolutely. It means that the uh, supremacy clause uh, of the Constitution carries the day. And, of course, that is the problem there isn't with the supremacy clause. The problem we, there is with, first of all, our understanding of the Commerce Clause to enable Congress to regulate anything that, quote, affects interstate commerce, which, of course, is, in principle, anything. There's nothing that does not, in some way or another, affect interstate commerce. And secondly, the understanding of the 14th Amendment, which uh, has been read uh, rather narrowly since it was ratified to uh, require individuals to carve out their rights rather than for states to put forth their justifications. And over the 150 years since it was passed or so, what we've had to do is follow that procedure and carve out 
one right at a time, as in the case of Griswold, the right to use or sell contraceptives, as in the case of Lawrence v. Texas, the right to, of, of homosexuals to engage in sexual practices in the privacy of their home. We do these one right at a time, and that, of course, is turning the 14th Amendment on its head. Rand Paul clearly here is trying to make a uh, more rational uh, set of drug laws that we've got between states and the federal government. But can this problem really be addressed properly without opening up, if not outright repealing the Controlled Substances Act? Yes, it can be opened up. Uh, what he is trying to do is carve out exceptions to the general uh, power that is authorized under the modern reading of the Commerce Clause. He's saying that the war on drugs, which is read as authorized under the Commerce Clause and stands supreme over state law, is to have exceptions for those states that have allowed marijuana. So, in other words, we've got exceptions within exceptions here where it would be so much simpler to go back to first principles and, in particular, to the presumption of the Constitution, which is one of liberty. And therefore, if anybody, federal or state, wants to limit your liberty, the burden is upon that party to show why it must be limited. And of course, you can show that if it turns out that what you're doing is uh, violating the rights of somebody else. But what you're doing if what you're doing is otherwise perfectly legitimate, is perfectly innocent, then why is it that it must be limited by either the state or the federal government? Roger Pallon is Vice President for Legal Affairs at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.